Welcome to Back Pocket Wisdom with Jackie and Elizabeth, where we are creating a space for you to get real with yourself. So tune in to feel like you're just chatting with your friends about reachable mental health and just having fun. We gotta have fun. And look kind of good while doing it. (laughs) Hell yeah. Welcome to episode two of Back Pocket Wisdom with Jackie and Elizabeth, where we're making mental health reachable, not only just reachable, but grabbable. Grabbable. So. I love that. Grabbable. <laughs> put that in your back pocket. Yeah, put it in. <laughs> um, so uh, my apologies. I have a ribbit frog in my voice. I've been ill. Um, the raspiness, though, you do have to admit, sounds a little sexy. Yeah. It's what it's... everyone's sort of kind of going after these days. It's the fake, like, rasp. So sweet. The rasp. <laughs> I love it. Um, if anything, just close your eyes and imagine Barry White. No. <laughs> Okay. Snap your fingers. I love it. I love it. So um, I have something interesting I wanted to share today. Uh, You know, I'm raising uh, preteen right now, which is a whole new territory. Of course, I was a teenager, so I remember how screwed up I felt. Um, So wondering, like, what the point of life is. And I'm afraid of showing up in my authentic self and... Just this like always comparing and wondering if I'm cool enough or not or this or that. And I have to say moving forward, like now, just only now, what am I going to be? Four to four. I'm going to be four to four. She's going to be 22 and just now. I'm (laughs) crazy. 22 times two. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Um, I am just now really feeling uh, comfortable in my own skin and it's still a work in progress. And uh, it breaks my heart to see my child, how miraculous our children are, and um, just in, in them questioning how amazing they are and having this idea that they aren't enough or that they aren't um, what they're supposed to be or they don't take the risks and the challenges in front of them because they're afraid they'll fail. All these uh, limiting beliefs that enter our brains at the this time of our life. So I wanted to chat about that a little bit, if that's okay with you. Oh, it's more than okay. Well, yeah. it's interesting too, because you're talking about that. And I think that that goes beyond teen years. I mean, I think that when you are a teenager, you just start constructing them. Um, based on what your outer environment of, okay, you took one for comparison. So you start by comparing yourself to your other classmates or other people or now people online and social media. Mm -hmm. But you carry that with you, I think, through your whole life. And then you get to college years and then out of college years and you're in the workforce and you're never really done comparing, I feel like. I feel like that's something that... um, is universally human. <laughs> oh, comparison is the thief of joy, I will tell you that. So what, it starts when you're a teen? Oh, no, well, it, it can, <laughs> no, it, 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 developmentally, it can start, you're, you're always in a space of comparing and judging and, and looking and modeling and, and learning from other people. So you're constantly in a state of, am I doing this? Am I doing this the way that I need to be doing this? So each stage of your life, you have different um, things that you're comparing yourself to. And in, in adolescence, what we'll do is we'll attach a whole lot of feeling into the comparison zone. So you're really saying, like, what what do I have and what don't I have? 
So yeah, I think that it just is really the the foundation for the limiting beliefs and the self-criticism, really, right? I guess when you're an adolescent, what you're saying is you just start becoming aware of the outside world and how things that you have can be different from the things that other people have and vice versa. And carrying those things through adulthood just leads to living outside of who you are and outside yeah. of yourself. Yeah. It, is, is the word inauthentic? Inauthentic. Yeah. Well, trying to be something that you're not, right? That's yeah. being inauthentic in itself. and Doing being somebody that you think others want versus what naturally flows in your con- congruence space, your mind, your heart, your body, your soul. So living outside of yourself and living in your ego rather than your intuition. Yeah. And your like intuition that. is just your, your higher self calling from within. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Like a little bird call. I like that. So so an example was today, he has to pick his electives for his trimester. And I love the school he's at because they He's teach... in ninth grade? Oh, no. He's only in seventh grade. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, wait. Yeah. He's only okay. in seventh grade. Thank God. Um, oh, my gosh. My heart. Um, so he has to pick his electives. And they have really cool electives, you know, yoga and and media and all these different things that you know we never had when we were growing up so he's there's jazz band and he he plays the trumpet and he he's very good at at um picking up instruments and learning them very quickly um it's really amazing the piano he's very good at and so he says i don't want to take jazz band because i don't want to perform in front of other people it will be the whole school, mom. And I was like, oh my. You're like, yeah, it'll be the whole school. Whole, yeah, the whole school. I mean, li- listen, I think the school has maybe 400 students. And this goes oh. from pre-K yeah. all the way up to eighth grade. So that's not a lot of people. My graduating class back in ninth. When did I graduate? In 1990. 1998. 1998. I knew it. Oh, my gosh. Were you born? A little bit. Oh, shit. Kind of. Oh, my God. So, 1998. I remember my uh, BFF, Lauren Chanley. What's up, Chanley? (laughs) Um, We were asked to do a... um, speech for graduation and i think our graduating class was like 900 people that's a lot not yeah we had the largest graduating class it was insane i had the largest graduating class and it was 120 kids was yeah so (laughs) i'm telling you so we did a speech that was and we both screwed up which was like no one remembers that we do and that's it but no one else does now everybody knows um but we we had the 900 students that graduated plus their family members. And I remember just being terrified. So wait, you gave a speech at graduation? Yes, with my friend Lauren. Well, yes. You and Lauren were smart then. What? Huh? What were you, like the valid Victorian? No. We were How'd just... you give a speech at graduation if you weren't smart? Oh, uh, we just got nominated because we're cool. She's like, oh my God, I'm actually... You don't know this about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot that... You're uh, like, I started FAU. <laughs> and when I say 1998, that's when I started yeah. Oh yeah, becoming the person. <laughs> that person. That person. Um, that, so perch. I, that perch. That perch. That <laughs> perch. 
<laughs> so I, yeah, I undermine myself. I totally do. I, I will. I will. No, but seriously, you, you and Lauren couldn't have just gotten nominated to speak at graduation. It's well, either a, you were the coolest kids in school, obviously, well, or yes. b, you were the smartest. <laughs> well, or not Apple. the smartest. <laughs> wow. How about that? I mean, bring out the yearbook because this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I knew people, okay? Right. I know people. I know people, too. I know people. And they didn't ask me to speak. They actually, in fact, asked me not to speak. Ah. <laughs> and especially when I went up to grab my diploma, they said, just go sit right back down. I'll mail it oh to you. <laughs> said, oh don't, stand don't stand up. Don't stand up. Don't stand up. And I stood on stage and I screamed. <laughs> well, not like bad scream, but I screamed to my grandmother. Oh my god! Because she made, she would make jokes that I wasn't going to graduate because I never was in school. I was naughty. I used to skip my especially my senior year. And I stood up, I grabbed my diploma, I go, "Oh ma, I did it!" And the whole crowd was like, <gasps> "She did do it!" And then Aren't I turned around and Oma? I flashed everybody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, now now that I believe. Right? No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> so you had no fear. I was. No, I had fear. Yeah. I think both. Yeah. I was so fearful that I just didn't give a shit that I started rebelling. Oh, so So my fear looks different than hiding. Okay. So, okay. So you hid in public like me. I hid in public by wearing a mask of this obnoxious, loud, which I'm not quiet. (laughs) You know, it wasn't hard, but it was this, uh, the class clown the rebellion, I'm going to skip school. And when I do come to school, I'm going to just do it to create chaos <laughs> and make, try to make everybody laugh, but in reality, just make myself a target mm-hmm. so that I can prove my limiting beliefs right that no one likes me <laughs> and oh. that me being me isn't good enough. So I have to hide. Oh my gosh. So, and this is what my son's saying about mm-hmm. himself. Like, just disclose this. This weekend was that he's there's no one likes him and I'm like no no like that's not true right but I want to validate his feelings Mm -hmm. and in validating his feelings then he feels heard and then he opens up to me a little more um I there's a lot of things going on here in this so I didn't want to hear that my son was having trouble. It also triggered the fact that, oh my gosh, he's just like me. And I had fear too. And I don't want you to feel the pain that I felt. Because, of course, you don't want your children to feel the pain that you felt. So, you really have to start pulling apart some things when you're in the parenting realm. Okay, this episode is not about parenting. This is about passing through your fear and just, you know, pushing through and getting something accomplished and feeling great at the at the end of it. And almost being comfortable with the uncomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Of pushing See? yourself. Like last but episode. But you're trying, but it's interesting too, because this ties into the whole reason for the podcast, right? It's bridging the gap of two generations. So you're navigating these lessons that you've may or may not have already learned, right? I mean, it's not I'm, in, I'm still learning. I'm, right. I so mean, you're navigating this through the eyes of trying to be a mother and a human being. And I'm navigating this of someone in my 20s trying to figure out who I am and who I want to be. Yes. So that when I have kids, I can, you know, be perfect. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> ah, I love it. 
we're doing it all for your children. But I think it's actually really interesting too because your perspective on it is as the observer and the learner. And I think we're all in a seat of observation if we let ourselves be. But yours is just more in your face because you're watching your kids go through things. Yeah, and and it then then triggers your own your own growth as well. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. So with these these electives, he gets to choose. And I was driving in the car this morning, and today's the day he has to choose his electives. And he looks at me and he says, well, I guess it's time to be brave. Oh. (laughs) And he chose, he chose the jazz band. He did? He ended up doing it? He chose the jazz band. Oh my God. I said, I said, okay, so what's the worst thing that can happen? He's like, I don't like it. And I change electives i said all right that's the worst thing that can happen that's not a really crappy thing at all you're like all right ralph waldo emerson i love it (laughs) so i'm i'm really excited for him because what happens when at least i'm going to speak from my perspective is when i push through something uncomfortable and then i experience this major validation this high of holy crap i can do it it feels so good and it actually builds my my confidence it builds my brain some part in your brain i'm not a brain person so i don't remember what brain part of the brain but some part in your brain that enhances willpower and then we are feeling so much better and then you choose to go and seek discomfort almost as a game mm-hmm. i mean i really I find it to be entertaining now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have adapted the fact that the whole entire feel wheel, if you don't know what a feel wheel is, you can check it out at youfirstnow.net. <laughs> so there is a feel wheel and it has all different types of feelings, happy, sad, disgust, anger, fear, surprise, and all the other ones that are in involved in in our whole entire life being human yeah and being human and that's that's the human if you can imagine it as a circle wheel circle you're you have to feel all these feelings and none of them are wrong they might be unpleasant or i call them icky i don't like to call them bad yeah i don't necessarily like to I don't know. I think I try to reprogram, I guess, the way that I think about challenges in my life. Uh And instead of being in the mindset of this was a really bad day, I just say a challenging day. So I like the way that you do icky just because I think that bad is such a classified word for something that's not good, obviously, right? And it's, it's, it's not that it's not good. It's just challenging. It's just pushing you into a different part of yourself. Right? It's pushing you into a different feeling of the feel wheel. So in all reality, it's just wheels turning all the time. All the time. And sometimes when you stop, you're at a different point of the wheel than you were that you got up that morning. Oh, My whole yeah. life is really just metaphors. <laughs> metaphors. Metaphors. <laughs> so I, with the discomfort, I want to even just brainstorm with this because I remember, I always kind of go back to this one moment. Um, and this was just, it came from... 
being so in tune with myself during a period of transition. It was about a year or two ago. I remember the exact spot I was sitting on my couch. I remember the exact thought I had. And I was just stuck in an icky feeling for probably a month or two. I wasn't feeling good about my job. I wasn't feeling good about who I was. I didn't know who I was. It was almost just like a feeling of everything that I am and I thought and I wanted just kind of came to my face and I didn't actually want it anymore. I didn't know who I was anymore. Well, could you identify the feelings or no? Yes, I think I was... uh, For the umbrella effect, right, I was uncomfortable. I think I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Mm -hmm. I was angry. And I didn't know I was angry because I had ran from anger or I had run from anger in my life because I thought that it was the worst feeling to feel. And if I could avoid feeling angry, then I would always be in a high vibration, right? (laughs) I would always... So you were trying to avoid (laughs) anger altogether. Yeah, so uh, based with uncomfort, there was also a high level of avoidance I was going through, right? Yeah. And I just remember this one part of sitting on my couch and I was making myself meditate every day, like 10 minute quick meditations, just to do something to ground myself or just to do something productive. Because in all actuality, I didn't want to do anything other than sleep. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to do anything. And I remember coming out of the meditation and sitting on my couch and I had my legs up and I'm looking at the wall and I just had a like an aha breakthrough moment of I'm uncomfortable because I'm gonna break through in a minute. Like this uncomfortable like this is why I'm uncomfortable because I'm changing. Because on the other side of the uncomfort is a new side of myself I haven't met yet. Oh. So in that moment, and I remember it so clear as day, I smiled for like the first time a genuine smile, not behind the mask of this fun girl that's loud and jokester and <laughs> everybody thinks she's always happy and a little ditzy and funny and whatever you know it was more of oh i'm getting to know who she is <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome you know okay just total this reminds me of a story of a lobster a lobster i know <laughs> Welcome to Florida. Yeah. Um, so I, I may have shared this with you. Uh, Get your claws out. I know. Get your claws out. So keep pinching at when, the truth. When do you know? Do you know how a lobster grows? Oh wait, yes, you told me about this recently. Okay, so so I don't even want to spoil it. You tell because well, I'm not going to say it right. But no, you okay. Are. So what what it does? It it has that hard shell and. Then it molts, but it has to go. Like, how does it know when to get rid of the shell? Um, it's because its internals, its squishy parts, are growing so much that he can't grow anymore. He or she can't grow anymore, and so it says, "Oh my gosh, I have to go molt." So it goes under a little cave and protects itself because it's going to be vulnerable. You know, it's not going to have the hard shell anymore. It molts the hard shell and then grows back a new one and then comes back out. So the shell has enough room to grow again. And then as he's growing, he does the same process over again. And that's how lobster grows. Holy crap. Damn. It's through discomfort. He knows to grow. It's through discomfort. He knows to grow. I wish we still grew through discomfort like that so I could be wearing, you know, cute Lululemon pants and when my butt gets too big, I have to get a bigger size. (laughs) You can, but don't you want to fit out the dough? Yeah. I love it. I'm molting. You're molting. I'm molting tasking. You're molting. 
That's a good one. It's really cool too, because I think once you okay, so then okay, this is what was fun. A few months go by and I'm in a completely different part of my life and things came into my life that I didn't know that they could. And it was just through a process of elimination of my own self. So knowing I was uncomfortable and knowing that I was kind of questioning my reality, that I had made it, right? My perception, my being, my home, my environment, my friends, my family, everything. Lots of changes. Lots of changes. Then you can just kind of, when you reevaluate it, you then, um, what, you reassess it. I always say reevaluating, reassessing, and then responding rather than reacting. Oh, those like are sort that. of my three things that I this that I developed during this time. And basically, I started doing this just because I felt myself. I felt myself in a very reactive state. So when I was feeling uncomfortable, it was the first time I would have to be really honest with myself. Of take a step back, you know. Don't don't be so reactive and because I'm uncomfortable now this means I'm going to go party my ass off <laughs> or go buy new clothes or go do things to avoid it. I had to now sit back um, and reassess myself, right? Sit in the discomfort. Sit in the discomfort. And that's where the reprogramming came in and <laughs> just sort of everything of that nature. But when I got to the other side, I remember having the aha moment that I was in the aha moment <laughs> that when it started to feel better I was like man I wish I could have just went back and told myself you're on the right path you're doing it correctly sit in the discomfort because it's only about another two months before everything changes for the better and so I kind of use that example for myself in my life now whenever I'm kind of going through a transitionary period or a challenging day right because it's not bad it's just something I it's not a feeling I want to feel every day (laughs) well what did um Mike Tyson. Do you know Mike Tyson? I, oh, do I know Mike Tyson? I love Mike Tyson. Okay. You know Mike Tyson? What? Funny story. I used to go to a boxing gym in okay. Delray. Okay. And they would have boxing fight nights. And Mike Tyson came to one in Delray. What? Wait. You want to know what he did? Were you there? No. Oh. He was sitting front row smoking a joint <clears throat> and eating a vanilla ice cream cone. Watching the boxing Oh fight. <laughs> my heaven. How I love him. Freaking cool. Yeah. Okay. I had a tiger. Well, he's... <laughs> rawr. Okay. He yeah. says He says that uh, things are going to be uncomfortable and you have to find joy in the discomfort. Hmm. You actually, whatever it is, because you're going to be doing whatever, like the training that you're doing or the studying that you're doing or wherever you're doing whatever you're doing to grow it's it's uncomfortable and until you can find joy you can train your brain to find joy in the discomfort um then you, you may not do it again and again and again and again that's awesome. because you have to do it over and over and over and over again to get to where you want to go so it's why it's, not make uh, the ride fun yeah make well the it ride even fun. reminds me because this past week <clears throat> i love philosophy and alan watts is really cool to me oh and i listened to a lecture with him i think i told you i listened i was listening to an alan watts lecture and sort of helped me switch my perspective on like minor things that end up leading to big things right it's like and one part of the lecture was he was saying life is and i'm going to butcher it so it's not verbatim but it was that life is a series of flickering right there's the on and the off and you wouldn't know the on if you didn't know the off so I feel like with the uncomfort and finding joy in the uncomfort, it makes the breakthrough feel so much better because 
you wouldn't know that really good feeling if you didn't have to go through the challenging ones. Yin to the yang. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Sort of little deep little mind twister. Yeah. Sit yeah. on it. Put it in your back pocket and figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get it together, all right? So with Kane this morning when he decided to be brave, it it actually inspired me to share this with you, Jackie, right now. Um, that I wanted to start a podcast a long time ago and mm-hmm. I was afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can be afraid at any time of your life, any age of your life. And even if you have degrees and all, you know, experience and knowledge and life experience, it doesn't matter if you have a limiting a belief, you have a limiting belief. And that's that. Yeah. So you could have all the tools that you need to. Yeah build a house but you got to actually open the box and use them yeah take action take action take action one of the pillars of our high five bp dubs yeah bp BP dubs yeah fucking tattoo that on your face hello hello (laughs) hello the club you're in the club welcome to the club so the 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 taking action yeah the taking action part yep i'm totally no i'm I'm thinking about it now my my yeah the taking action part, it's really interesting. I, in my life, just ran my first half marathon. And this, oh my God, challenged every part of me mentally more than it did physically. And I mean that because I didn't even understand or know half of the limiting beliefs that I had that I was holding on to until I was forced to do something or making myself do something that was vulnerable. And I put myself out there and come face to face with it, right? So the action part, I really felt because I could say all the time how good of a runner I was. And I am, and I was, and I am, and I, you know, I want to be, I still will be. Um, But until I actually pushed past my comfort zone, I didn't really know how good I could get. So I was stuck for probably four years running maximum five miles, And I know that's a lot and that's really good. But when you do it as, oh, this is my long run, same consistent five miles every week, it doesn't, it's not hard anymore. And when I decided to push that, that's when I realized, wow, what was holding me back this whole time? So it's almost with you, you wanted to do the podcast for years, right? And Mm -hmm. you're saying you were fearful I was fearful of pushing my threshold and running because what if I wasn't as strong of a runner as I thought I was? What if I still had things to learn? What if I wasn't the expert? And I didn't realize I got stuck and caught in this ideal that I wanted to be perfect at it so that I couldn't mess up. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, you know. That'll slice you up. Yeah. And then I ran it. (laughs) So so you're the one that actually gave me a like the gussy you're my balls you gave me balls oh I love that. <laughs> man yeah right well, they said to grow a pair they really yeah. i really took I that like, into jackie <laughs> who's jackie she's my balls I'm her big hair <laughs> my big hair so i appreciate that's really cool i appreciate that very much um and it's exciting to be here to do this with you and to fulfill a dream so i i already am feeling uh very accomplished when you're talking about the running, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going back to my first uh, half marathon. <laughs> and 
My husband's going to love this one. So I, he said, we're going to run a half marathon. Oh, is this the night of the wedding? And yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, we have a wedding to go to the night before. If I get really drunk, <laughs> we're not going to have to run the half marathon the next day. And, and he's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I somehow contracted that in my head. Like, he'll never make me run with him if I'm hungover. Well, that was wrong. So um, I ran the half marathon with a couple hours of sleep and completely lost all my goods inside of me uh, when I crossed the finish line. But I finished. And I'll tell you this, is that one of so, uh, a superpower that you can have is, is not thinking so much. Okay. Wow. And I have on my refrigerator, it's, it says, stop thinking so much, will ya? W-I-L-L-Y-A. It's so cool. Yeah, I know. I have to remind myself. You're like, you're like here's this one, guys. Yeah, here's I this have one. A, I have a fridge magnet. Yeah, fridge says, magnet. Stop thinking, would you? Yeah, yeah. Will ya? Oh, will ya? See? Get it straight, okay? They didn't so, ask me to speak at graduation. Yeah. Okay. So, they asked uh, so then uh, we were like, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so glad that I'm just, I'm just a bull in a, you know, I'm just a bull. I'm going all the way through to the end. That's it. I'm not even thinking about it anymore because this is all I can do is get to the end. And I think people's superpowers, sometimes uh, these seem, these fearless people that are operating and building these companies and doing these amazing things, they just have, they're just going for it. They're like, screw it, let's go. Screw it, let's go. And I love that. And so when I'm talking about fear and the car with Kane, my oldest son. My youngest son, Van, is eight, and he's in the back seat. And while we're talking about fear and how it limits us and why do we let that con- have any control over the decisions that we make, here's the eight-year-old pop- piping up Jeez. going, I don't have fear for anything. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> But I would like to bottle that. That's really cool. But I'd like to bottle that up and sell that. That was really great. We could all learn from from the Van the Man. And Dude, to uh, be Van is yeah. truly to be the man. <laughs> to be Van the Man. That's really cool. I actually had a thought on the way home from work yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so true. So to be nervous or worried about something is so mm-hmm. pointless. When you look at the vast picture of life right? You have all these years to live. Whereas one perspective, you're like, I have so much life that I have to live. Mm-hmm. Or you could look at it as I only have so much life to live. Mm-hmm. So then you become selective with what you choose to worry about. And I, I yesterday, it was like this epiphany moment. I'm driving on A1A. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the ocean. Mm-hmm. I turn off the music and I roll down the windows just to hear the waves. And I'm like, kumbaya. Oh my God. Why am I worried? <laughs> you know, about... Not anything. I mean, that's a stretch. It's not, I'm not telling you to go hug a tree, <laughs> but but it does feel good. It does feel good. And it also it just puts in a perspective of just like, if life is so short, why am I wasting my good years, man? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really great perspective to have. So make fear your bitch. Buy that shirt from you first now. Oh, I love it. I first, <laughs> yeah. See that I, I come up with some good ideas for sure. But in all reality, I think it's obviously easier said than done. 
that's what back pocket wisdom is, right? It's an outlet to make mental health not only reachable, but grabbable. And it's uh, it's like the Jack Johnson song, Better Together. Oh, <laughs> uh, Better Together. So cheesy, but it's true. <laughs> oh, but it is so true. It is so true. So if you guys are, you know, going through something that you might feel is a challenge, is difficult, is frustrating, is all the things, know that you're not alone. There are many other people right now going through the same, if not worse, if not better, you know, kind of get out of that comparison. It's not, it's what I'm saying, but just know that you're not alone in the fight of life. Yeah. And everything that you want is really on the other side of fear. Ooh, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh. What's up? Go. I heard one thing one time, one thing one time from someone. <laughs> you know that person. Right. <laughs> the one with the long hair. Yeah. Um, they were saying, uh, When you are feeling drawn to something because you want something, your higher self knows or your soul knows that it's achievable. So So say that again. So if you want, if you're finding yourself drawn to something, you're really desiring a certain lifestyle, uh, a thing, right? A bigger house, Mm -hmm. a better car, a different life to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is. It's because you intuitively know you're capable of achieving it. Ooh, I like that. So, I mean, don't get mad at what you want because it's coming from your higher self. Yeah, I like that. Give you a little nudge. I like that. Okay, nudge it, nudge it. Nudge it, don't fudge it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Episode two out. Over and out. DSC Quattro. 10 4. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like this podcast on Instagram at Back Pocket Wisdom, along with following You First Now and Life's a Birch, and subscribe to the You First Now newsletter at youfirstnow.net. See you next time.